1: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Hello and welcome indeed to this hour of the inner life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you along with us during this hour of spiritual direction on relevant radio and the relevant radio app. Now what was your first job? I mean the real first job that you had where you actually had to pay taxes, not just babysitting for a neighbor when you were a teenager or mowing a couple of lawns in the summer to earn some extra spending money. I'm talking about that first job where you actually had to be trained where you had to clock in and clock out where you got that regular paycheck. And while I did have a few other jobs in high school and college, I started working at my very first radio station when I was 20 years old. And that station is KRLC, one of three stations that were owned by a family in northern Idaho. And I was hired by a man named Stephen Kingsley. He was the program director there at KRLC. And he, along with another program director for the sister station, KMOK, uh, that, that man's name was Jim Nelly. They both helped to guide and train me in so many different essential things as I learned how to communicate on the air. And Stephen, he had originally hired me to fill in an evening shift. He had an opening from 6 to midnight there during the week, and KRLC was a music station. And Stephen, he brought me in. And my very first day had me record all of my different breaks, all of the announcing between songs. It's something that we call voice tracking. And Stephen had me record it so I could go back and I could listen to myself, I could hear how I sounded. But he didn't really give me much coaching uh, for that very first night, so that afternoon He showed me how the actual recording worked. He gave me a binder with some different local promotions that I was supposed to work into the hours that I was on each day. He showed me where I could access local weather forecasts, where I could find news stories. And finally, uh, he told me that in radio, especially music radio, you want to have the first thing and the last thing that you say. When you open the mic and right before you close the mic, you want to give the call letters of the station and the frequency. So for this, it was KRLC 1350 a.m. That was it. With that little bit of knowledge that he gave me, that little bit of training, Stephen, he left me alone to record everything that would air between the songs for that evening. And later that evening, I turned it on, I listened to myself, I actually was with some friends, and I said, hey, let's listen to my very first time on the air as a DJ. And I sounded awful. I sounded absolutely horrible. And after listening to a few breaks, I could tell right after the very first one, my friends were not impressed at all. And I kind of went off and listened to a few more on my own, hoping maybe I'd sound a little better. But nope, I didn't. I had to turn it off myself. Now, I, I had gone in that very first day excited about being on the air. But after hearing myself, I came back on that second day a good deal more humble. Now, Stephen... He was great. He didn't criticize or he didn't point out a bunch of things I did wrong. He knew that I had listened to myself and he knew just by my demeanor, I was fully aware of how I needed to improve a lot to start sounding like anybody else you might hear on the radio. Stephen, very wise in his approach, he allowed me to have that experience and hear firsthand how bad I could be on the air so that I never would want to sound like that again. And by doing this, He made me, that second day that I came in, a far more willing student, willing to listen and to absorb everything that he would tell me about how to communicate on the radio. And I didn't even know he was going to do that. I just thought, oh no, I've got to figure it out on my own. But no, he came in that second day. And when I recorded all of my on-air breaks for that second evening, and I listened back later that night, after following Stephen's direction, his guidance, I sounded so much better. Oh, still plenty of room for growth. I mean, even now, (laughs) plenty of room for growth. But what a difference that one day made. And Stephen, he really took me under his wing over those next weeks, those next months. Yeah, he was my boss. He was my manager. But more than that, he was a really good man who wanted to help me succeed. He went above and beyond just being a manager or a, a boss at work in coaching me and giving me opportunities to grow as a broadcaster. And a mentor like that is so valuable. Have you had somebody like that in your life, that mentor, someone to guide you, maybe in your professional growth, your development, in your career? Now, how about somebody to help guide you in that same sort of way spiritually? That older or maybe more mature Catholic, that fellow Christian who's taken the time to help you in taking those steps in your spiritual journey so that you can better know, love, and serve God. Today is the memorial of two saints, Timothy and Titus, two different bishops in the early church who had the Apostle Paul as their spiritual mentor, their spiritual father. And today we want to take this hour of the inner life to discuss that importance of those spiritual mentors that we have in our lives. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour today. Father Carter Griffin is back with us once again. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., and the rector of the St. John Paul II Seminary. Father Griffin, welcome back to The Inner Life.
2: Thank you, Josh. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's always enjoyable to have uh, you on the program here. And as we begin our hour today, you know, I mentioned it's the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus, and... As we look at the way that St. Paul was a mentor to both of them, can you maybe start us out just with a bit of uh, understanding of who both Timothy and Titus were, as well as Paul's relationship with them?
2: Sure. Um, we don't know a tremendous amount, but they are mentioned many times in, in Paul's epistles, both Timothy and Titus are. Uh, and of course, both of them have letters written to them, um, first and Second Timothy, and then the one letter to Titus and uh, those collectively are called the pastoral epistles uh, if you ever hear that those are the three letters from paul that's talk, they're talking about and um both of them were written pretty late in in paul's life and he's writing writing to them because they have each been given a certain uh, amount of authority uh responsibility in these first decades of the church uh timothy uh timothy was in um ephesus and titus was in crete I I guess we'd call them bishops today. Uh, Some of these terms were were not there yet, but they certainly had a clear understanding of structure in the church and laying on of hands and commissioning and and so forth. And so Paul was really uh, offering them, uh, from his own heart, uh, a a number of kind of uh, a lot of pastoral, personal, but also pastoral advice uh, to them as they were navigating very tricky situations. The one to First Timothy, um, First Timothy is, is, I think, usually. Considered to be a little bit earlier uh, than Second Timothy, but it more maybe be like early 60s. Second Timothy might be just very shortly before Paul's death, uh, and so it's all has a feel line of, kind of a last will and testament. And there's a tremendous amount of warmth. Um, it's it's a it's a beautiful top- topic for our conversation today. Uh, but very clearly, uh, Paul has a great affection and for both both of these uh, both of these men. I mean, I, I think Timothy. It sounds like almost kind of grew up with Paul, you know as a young man he you know he had, he had been his mother and his grandmother had been christians uh he, as a young man, uh, started to assist uh Paul on his journeys, um, so he had really learned from the great apostle uh that profound love that he had that that concern he had for all the churches is is always on paul 's mind uh, and so his his job really in in Ephesus, uh, Timothy's, was to um to learn how to pass on the mantle of faith and to form the next generation of Christians. And so not only was he receiving mentoring from Paul and assistance, but he was also then learning how to do that uh, in his own life, uh, as, as was Titus. So we don't know oh, a tremendous amount of them personally. And Timothy, Timothy was a Greek, uh, probably a Greek father anyway, a uh, Jewish mother. Um, but anyway, so those are kind of some of the outlines that we can start with.
0: Well, and as you said, you know, when we look at Timothy and Titus... Whether, you know, we call them bishops, whatever the terminology might have been at that time, they're put in place, like you said, that position of authority, and they're helping to really solidify the church community in each of their different regions. Most of us will never be in that same sort of position. You know, we're not going to be a bishop. Um, our spiritual mentor is not going to be one of the original apostles. So this idea of spiritual mentorship, uh, you know, we might look at Timothy and Titus and say, okay, is this reserved for just people who really are doing a lot of work deep in the trenches for the church? Or is this really something that is for the average layperson? Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I, I think this is a really important point because um, sometimes, you know, I think it, you can err on either side. Either one is, uh, well, the spiritual mentoring or spiritual direction, if you want to call the use of that term, is that's only for, you know, priests and religious and kind of people who sort of, you know, the spiritual 1% kind of thing. Um, on the other hand, it might seem like, well, gee, I mean, I need to have my own spiritual direction. It needs to be my parish priest or another priest who needs to see me, you know, once a month for an hour and, I mean, we would have to have literally like 500 times more priests than we have right. <laughs> in order to do that. So it's they're both kind of, um, I think, not exactly what, what the church is getting at in this broad term of spiritual mentorship, because the fact is everybody, everybody, without exception, needs people in his or her life who can assist them and help them along the path of discipleship. Somebody who, um, and it, it it may or may not be a, kind of an person in an official capacity, a priest or religious, for example, um, and, uh, and not only that, but even speaking more broadly, we all need to be mentored in the broadest sense by the church herself, and what I mean by that is that there's a lot of formation that happens by um, kind of drawing from the wisdom and the spiritual treasury of the church, the traditions of the church, the prayers of the church, um, the sacraments, obviously, being close to the saints. Um, you know the teaching of the Church. All of these different ways are ways that we are formed by our Holy Mother, the Church. That is a kind of spiritual mentorship which cannot be taken lightly. I mean, it's in some ways it's the foundation for all others. And then we have um, our specific contact. You know, generally in our parish church with the pastor, with the priest, uh, with his preaching, and you know uh, the advice he gives us in confession, maybe guidance, and uh, that we, when we when we go to when we go to him for advice. These are all ways we're being mentored by the church through the person of the priest. And then, you know, there are other spiritual authorities in our life, maybe our parents or grandparents um those specific people oftentimes are the ones that are most ready at hand when we have something in our heart something where we need advice on something where we need to grow so i guess the point i'm trying to make is that there's a lot of different ways that we can absorb kind of the wisdom of others uh, from the church to the saints to the, our pastors to our grandmothers you know and all of those are different ways of being spiritually mentored and maybe that's a kind of a way to, to, to look at the larger question starting at the at that level.
0: As you talk about all of those different areas where we can find that mentorship in our lives, you mentioned it might be parents or grandparents. Uh, can a spouse be that spiritual mentor or is that too much of your, your co-equals in that marital union? And You might be able to in maybe rare or certain circumstances, but for the most part, you really should be kind of growing together rather than one mentoring the other?
2: Right. Um, I mean, I think in terms of, of, say, if you talk so broad spiritual mentorship and, and, and narrow, so like the, in the broad sense, certainly, I think a spouse can uh, and often is a spiritual mentor. Like, a, oftentimes, I'll have, you know, maybe a husband who is edified by the example of his wife or vice versa, and they are kind of brought closer to the Lord and maybe jump started on their faith. The growth of discipleship by their spouse, and in that sense, their spouse is serving as a spiritual mentor. In another broad sense, maybe they both are kind of, hopefully, even if they're peers spiritually speaking, they're both are kind of cheering each other on, encouraging each other, offering advice, offering suggestions, different things like that. And but in terms of like the, the narrow sense of actually going to someone and sort of, rece- I think generally that would happen in short, maybe moments of of a marriage where you know the. The husband sits down and says, okay, I, I really need to take my relationship with the Lord more seriously. You obviously do this. You already go to daily mass and you do this reading. You have these different groups. What would you suggest for me? Okay, so she's being a spiritual mentor to him. But I don't know if that would continue on in the long run, if if that's the wisest thing to do. Probably it would need to be getting him in touch then with others who can kind of continue the process that she began uh, as a wife. So I, maybe that's kind of a long-winded answer, but no, I, no, no, I think it, it gets a little tricky, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and I that, case. that was kind of my thought too, that I, I, you know, as you say, maybe for that moment there, there can be that, that help. But I think then if you're trying to look long-term, that might put a burden on the one spouse, the one that is looking to, uh, uh, you know, in that role of a spiritual mentor, uh, yeah. that, that, that maybe isn't the healthiest for that marriage, um, that, <laughs> you know, it might put undue stress there where they they feel like, oh, now I have to kind of help guide them in this area too rather than us working cooperatively together to become this the best that we can helping each other to heaven. Um, so one of the other things that I think might be really easy for a lot of people to say is, I want that spiritual mentor. I want somebody to help guide me in the faith. And we can get into that maybe in a little bit, but before we dive into, okay, where can I find that spiritual mentor or how can we get into it? Instead of the broad that you've talked about, the broad aspects of spiritual mentorship, can we get into some of those specifics and those narrow ideas of where I can find that spiritual mentor? Let's talk about those of us who might be older or more mature in our faith, and it might be easy for us to say, Well, I, I just I need to focus on myself. I need to focus on my own spiritual journey. But how do I recognize? How do I know if God is asking me to possibly be that person that does accompany, that does mentor somebody else?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that there is a, <clears throat> there's kind of a, first of all, there's a, there's a, the, the, a humble acknowledgement of our own degree of formation, right? Which we need to know because, you know, a major aspect of being a spiritual mentor to others is kind of knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. Um, and do I have in fact the knowledge of, this, of the church's tradition to pass that on, which is one of the primary duties of a mentor. We're not sort of inventing this stuff from whole cloth. Right? We're, we're receiving it ourselves and then we pass it on, the traditio. We're, we pass on what we've received and so that requires a certain amount of formation um, and time. You know, uh, we have to be honest, I think, brutally honest with ourselves about our interior life. I mean, do I have a relationship with the Lord? Am I taking seriously my time in prayer? Um, do I have a desire for this? Mm-hmm. I have a, do I have a desire to help others, you know, draw closer to Christ? And, and hopefully it starts from that more humble perspective rather than kind of, a, uh, kind of an arrogant desire to sort of, you know, Kind of make a difference to, that, to, to to form people according to our own image. You know, I mean, a lot of this is 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 respectfully allowing people to grow in the way that Jesus wants them to grow, not the way that we hope that they grow. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of introspection that needs to happen and examination. But if those if those things are true and if those kind of conditions hold, then I think it's very likely that that the Lord wants to invite you into these kinds of relationships. If others are you know wish that, and if it you have to sort of wait for the circumstances to arrive, so you're not kind of foisting herself upon others. Um, But if they do arrive, they like to be open to that and humble enough to say, like, well, this is kind of intimidating, kind of exciting, but I trust the Lord. He's going to help me through this. And boy, there can be so much good done for souls if if folks with those conditions are open to the Lord and the Holy Spirit using them in this way.
0: Talking with Father Carter Griffin today, a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., talking about those spiritual mentors that we have in our lives, who's been that for you? How has that person helped you in your faith life? Or maybe you have been that mentor for somebody else. And how has the Holy Spirit been able to work in that relationship, allowing you to help guide somebody else in their relationship with Christ? Or maybe you feel like that's been lacking in your life, that kind of spiritual mentor and you're wanting to find that person that can help guide and advise you in your faith life. Maybe you have some questions about that. You can call in and join the program at 888 914 9149. 914 9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll continue our conversation right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Relevant Radio runs on horsepower. Your horsepower. Donate any vehicle and keep our stations running. Join in with hundreds of other listeners who have given their used vehicles at relevantradio.com car. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Carter Griffin, a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., rector of the St. John Paul II Seminary. Today, talking about those spiritual mentors that we have in our lives, or maybe you are that mentor to someone else. And how have you seen that play out? How has God been able to use you? What are some of the, the, the rewards you've seen of that in your own life? Maybe you've had that mentor. How has that uh, person That someone who's walked alongside you, how have they been able to help you to know God's will for your life maybe a little better, help set you on the course to where... You can grow in holiness, grow in your faith, or maybe you have some questions because you haven't felt like there's been that spiritual mentor in your life. And you can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I also want to invite you to pray with us in a very special way today. Um, This past Sunday, during the Sunday Angelus in Rome, there at the Vatican, Pope Francis, he mentioned that he was very deeply concerned about the growing tensions between Russia and the Ukraine. And he called for a day of prayer for peace, and that's today. And so we have three main points where we invite you to enter into prayer as a community with us during the course of the day. Of course, we have different you know points in some of the shows where somebody might pray as well, but we have daily mass that comes right after this program at noon central, the chaplet of divine mercy, that's at three o'clock central with Drew Mariani, and then the family rosary across America at seven o'clock central in the evening. And... At each of those three points, I hope you can tune in. I hope you can join us as we do pray for peace in our world and ask for that peace through the intercession of Our Lady, the Queen of Peace. So again, please, if you can join us, if you're not available at those times, Maybe pray on your own. Um, You might offer some sort of small penance or sacrifice for peace in this situation, joining together with the Holy Father and with so many uh, Catholics and Christians around the globe as we're praying together for peace to um, come out of this situation. Again, talking with uh, Father Carter Griffin today about those spiritual mentors in our life. Right before the break, Father, you had kind of gone through and given... Um, some guidelines, some conditions for somebody to look at and say, am I in this position? Do I kind of qualify in this? Before you really want to take on that role as a spiritual mentor, one of the things that I also think about, and I've thought about this uh, for years and years, just being a part of relevant radio here. Um, I don't want to scare anybody off who might be considering And praying about, maybe God is asking me to step into this role of guiding or mentoring somebody on their spiritual journey. But we really want to take this very seriously, don't want to take it lightly. St. James, in the third chapter of his letter in the New Testament, he writes about how very few of us should actually seek out being teachers uh, of the faith, because those who teach are going to be judged more strictly by God. So, uh, you know, fair warning there (laughs) that um, really you do want the Holy Spirit calling you into that role.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a great point, Josh, you know, that there can be, um, you know, it's so easy for spiritual pride to slip in and make us sort of inflate our our judgment of ourselves in our own mind, our estimation of ourselves. Uh, and, And it's so important that we ourselves, I mean, you know, one of the Actually, two things that I sort of left off that list, maybe just to add to them. One of them is that we ourselves are already receiving spiritual mentoring of some kind. In other words, every spiritual director, every spiritual mentor should themselves, you know, have someone that they're seeing and speaking to. Um, And I think that's an essential condition. And one of of the things that it, it will help us perhaps have that flawed estimation of ourselves if we're not ready for that role. The other thing I would add to that list that I mentioned earlier is the capacity to listen. You know, I mean, I think we live in an age where there's an awful lot of awful lot of uh, light and not a lot of heat you know there's just a lot of talking 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 and you know these the sources of inputs that we all have and what somebody often needs in spiritual mentoring is simply someone who is capable of listening and responding appropriately praying with them you know and praying on their own to the holy spirit about this person and really entering into it's not necessarily like the grand words or you know the, the the pearls of wisdom from on high it's sometimes it's just quietly listening and responding you know from the from the depths of our own heart and, and so I think that capacity to listen, that willingness and that desire to listen are, are, is an enormous, uh, enormously helpful part of this
0: Yeah, I, Well, and as you're saying that, too, I, I completely agree. I've, I've spoken with so many people who you want to have a genuine conversation with them, but they have their response already formulated before maybe you've said three, four, five words as you're trying to, to say what you want to say, they, they they've really kind of shut you off, and they're thinking I. And you can see it or you can hear it as soon as they respond. Well, they didn't really understand what I was trying to say, or they weren't really listening. They just have that answer ready to go because I I don't know. It could be that they they've heard it from somebody else, or maybe they think that you know they know everything. Whatever it might be, but you know, going back to that idea of there should be a lot of listening. The other thing that I have experienced in spiritual direction and with those people in my life, um, they might say something occasionally where it's given as a statement, but a lot of times there's questions that will be asked. Mm. And those questions will then prompt me to say, you know, where is God working? They're not trying to—that spiritual mentor or that spiritual director isn't trying to say— well, God obviously is working here and this is what you need to do. I've never heard that in my life. It's usually, well, why aren't you doing this? Or you seem to have a passion for this, so what does that mean to you? Or what do you think God is asking? And those questions really, I think, are a good guide that, okay, this, this is somebody who they're listening to me and they're wanting me to go further and see where God might be leading me
2: yeah um you know when when somebody comes in and asks uh, if we can, uh, at this point, i you know maybe if it's another priest or someone like that wants' to come in to do spiritual direction, I make two points. I said before you make this decision and we start down this road together, uh, two things. First of all, my firm conviction is that your holy Spirit, your, 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 your spiritual director is the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, that, that my role or the role of anyone else, is simply to hopefully foster and help and nudge along that relationship that you have with Him. Uh, it's not the, um, you know, it's not this whole, it's not that, in a sense, that's the, that's the relationship, more of an, a, an assistant, you know, to the Holy Spirit than anything else. Which is why, by the way, not every single Christian or Catholic needs to have a spiritual director because they already have one. It's the Holy Spirit who's deeply and intimately inter- interested in them and guiding them along the way. And it might be that He uses all kinds of circumstances in their lives and all kinds of people to direct them along His path. Um, which is why not everybody necessarily needs one person to be their mentor. Um, the other thing that I mentioned is there are these kind of two I think there's this image sometimes of spiritual direction, which is like the Del, you know, the oracle of Delphi. <laughs> you gotta go up to the go up the mountain yeah, and right. you you know, you ask the question and you get the answer from God and you walk down and you live your life, go back up, you know. And I I know that maybe reading sometimes you read the saints and their own relationships with their spiritual directors, it sometimes comes across that way. I think a much better image, frankly, of spiritual direction is like the, the pit stop, you know, it's like the cars are racing around the track and you kind of pull in, you get a little, you know, a little extra juice, you give me, fill up your tires, you do that, you know, and, you, and then you fix a couple things and you get back out on your way as in a sense, as quickly as possible, obviously not in a rushed kind of way, but that sense of like, you know, it's a pretty humble thing, important, essential but humble and at the service of something else, right? The purpose of life is not to end up in spiritual direction. The purpose of spiritual direction is to help you live your life, uh, and especially your relationship with God. So those might be two helpful images for people to
0: think about. Father, let's go to the phones. And again, the phone number for you to call into the program, 888-914-9149, as we're speaking today with Father Carter Griffin about those spiritual mentors in our lives. 888-914-9149. Mike is listening in San Diego. Hi, Mike. Thanks for calling in. You're on the air.
3: Good morning, Father. Um so I just wanted to share you know, one of my spiritual mentors and I've really thought of her this way most of my adult life it's it's my aunt. And so she's always been a very faithful woman. I've just known that. Um she wears her faith on her sleeve, but she evangelizes in a very quiet way. She's not overbearing to anyone. It's she just she she evangelizes just by how she acts. Um, she's a very graceful woman. And, you know, part of her story and mine is back in '09. my uncle had passed away. Um, he was young, he had health problems and it, it, it hurt. Um, and then about six months later, um, my cousin committed suicide and I get chills, you know, still thinking about it today. Um, and her faith carried her through all that i i just can't imagine how anybody um can can deal with with something you know to that magnitude all at once um and you know our spiritual relationship is just one where we just talk about god and our faith and i'll also point out that um my my aunt is not catholic she's she's a good christian woman um but she doesn't you know, she doesn't go to a Catholic church, I do, of course. Um, and even those differences we easily talk through. We don't have all the answers. Um, and And our spiritual relationship is just that. we just we talk about our faith. And one thing I'll share and then and then I guess I'll pipe down. Um, we were talking about my cousin at one point, um, and she told me that she was in a really low spot one day, and she was praying and the lord told her that that was joshua's last sin and it's just it's you know just the thought of that makes me feel good and and that continues to carry her so um that that's that's the gist of it and and watching her has has helped me
2: yeah thanks mike that's a i i like the um this is a great example of like how a mentor um, can it doesn't have to be uh, necessarily an official person in official capacity. It can be someone that the Lord has placed already in our lives, maybe somebody in our family, as I said earlier, a mother or a father you know for a young child or for a grown child, even uh, grandparents uh, in your case, an aunt. Um, sometimes the Lord has somebody very closer than we think you know who really can be a kind of a spiritual assistant, a spiritual mentor to us um, and and to kind of be on the lookout for people, especially as you pointed out. That it was when you saw her faith maybe especially tested and ultimately overcome some of those um, personal sufferings and trials, like somehow, and I'm sure that you had that relationship with her before, but, but boy, it became really clear that, yeah, this is somebody who's close to the Lord like, be on the lookout for someone like that in your life. Somebody who has, t- who has who has weathered weathered the storm a little bit, and you're like, gosh, I, I, I need to be closer to this person who can help me weather the storm. Um, that is, you know, that every life has, to some extent. Um, I also think it's a, a, a good example, Mike, of how, you know, men- mentors, no one mentor is going to fulfill every possible sort of part of that role. Um, you know, your your aunt not being Catholic, there's going to be Portions of the conversation which won't be there, certain aspects of the tradition of the faith, of the sacraments, or the saints, whatever it might be, you know that that there, maybe that's going to be a, a, a kind of a lacuna in that in those conversations. But gosh, the rest of the conversation can just be filled with so much grace for both of you, and to reckon, and to be and to kind of be okay with that. To say like, well, yeah, this it's not going to be it doesn't satisfy every level of it, but it can certainly satisfy a level. You know, sometimes colleagues at work can have this. You know, people who maybe or you know just they get to know know each other at work and over time they start to sort of have maybe a conversation over lunch you know which is maybe one is jewish and one is you know whatever and and yet there can be at some level a conversation which is mutually edifying there's a kind of mentoring going on in that um, so anyway i think it's a, a, some, some nice points made mike thank you for the call
0: father as mike was sharing to you know he he made the comment that his aunt, just by her example, by the actions of her life, that was also part of what gave that mentoring role for him. And that made me think of my sponsor when I was coming into the church, um, you know, things that he, he probably has no idea the impact that some of his actions, some of his behaviors, some of his words too, um, that they had on me in making me say, oh, okay, I should take this more seriously. I remember one time, just after I had come into the church, probably within, you know, four months or something after being received into the church, I had gone to confession at our parish, happened to see him there, my sponsor. He's in line. We said hello, and normally I would, not having, you know, grown up in the church, not having that regular routine of being in the line for confession. Oh, okay, I, I've got a friend here. I don't want to be there in silence and have, you know, I I wanted to continue on some sort of conversation. And he just very politely said, all right, well, I'm going to prepare myself for confession. And he just kind of closed his eyes and it wasn't rude. It wasn't, you know, uh, shutting me down or anything. It was just him saying, well, this is the reason I'm here. And that made a big impact on me uh, at that point. So even just those moments where you get to see how someone acts, and that also goes back to how we act, you know, realize people yeah. are paying attention a lot of times where we don't think they might be paying attention.
2: Well, exactly. And, you know, going back to the question of like the mother or father, I'm I'm convinced more and more that um, one of the aspects of formation that sometimes we don't do as well as we should is when, when young couples start to have children, is impressing upon them not just kind of their spiritual duties to their children i think we talk about that a lot but the sense that they're called to be spiritual father and spiritual mother to their children as well as you know biological natural mother and father that that there is a sense of bringing them into the life of grace that you're engendering in them you know the, the, the you're engendering them really the grace that jesus wants to give them right i mean you're, you're being that instrument for that grace which ultimately we hope leads to eternal life where they become not our just our children, but our brothers and sisters, you know, as fellow citizens of the kingdom of God. But that strong sense of like moms and dads, you know, that everything they say and do—it's obviously it's not always going to be perfect, but what they say and do is looked at and kind of soaked in and absorbed by by young by by their children. And I think that is on a, maybe a lesser level, but still very real, happens throughout our lives. You know that. Um, I say maybe two people at work, you know, that, that you, you're known as a kind of a serious Catholic and maybe someone is in there, a young, a new employee, and they're kind of a fallen away Catholic, but they're kind of watching, you know, and they see how you react to things and how you see, see what you say, see what vocabulary you use, see what movies you're watching, see what, how you talk about other employees, do you gossip, you know, all these different ways you're showing how to live a credible Christian life. That's, that's how conversions happen. They don't typically happen through intellectual arguments at first. They typically happen by seeing someone living out the gospel and being edified and impressed by that. It's an incredibly attractive life that Jesus proposes for us. And when people see that... Uh, they become attracted to him.
0: So live attractively. <laughs> uh, Father, let's go back to the phones again, our phone number to call in and speak with Father Carter Griffin, 888 914 Robert is listening in the Pacific Northwest, Vancouver, Washington. Hi, Robert. Thanks for calling in.
4: Good morning. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Um, so I have uh, a question slash suggestion. So one of the things you initially talked about is there are a shortage of priests and also priests don't have the time is most of what I've heard in regards to providing spiritual direction and mentorship. And my question is, has anyone thought to enlist the faithful and take a team, a priest takes opens up and says, I'm going to create a team Of eight people, I'm going to provide them spiritual direction. I'm going to allow them to also provide spiritual direction. So he ministers to those eight and then charges those eight to take on eight other people at one hour a month, is what you had suggested earlier. At one hour a month, you're looking at eight hours over a monthly period, maybe a little bit more to spin that team up. And then over a course of time, inside a parish a priest could truly minister to his whole parish just by enlisting eight people otherwise using the same philosophy that Jesus used in establishing the apostles so my question is is it possible
2: yeah thanks robert it's um it's a it's obviously makes a lot of sense you know and it's, as you said it's what jesus did it's what Almost all organizations do at some level, and you know many priests have tried something like this, and I think it it often works um it it sort of depends upon the priest and the and the kind of parish and the size and things like that um but it's so it's uh an incident let, let me before I just jump into that um when I said that priests you know there's a shortage of priests, I certainly don't want to suggest that priests should not be doing spiritual direction; they certainly should um and 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 it just takes a certain amount of discernment as to who and how many um you know because uh it's a hugely important role. And my suggestion would be for most people, they don't need necessarily one, you know, uh, a regular spiritual director meeting monthly from now until the till the day they die. You know, most people need spiritual direction kind of in more like isolated or t- certain moments in their lives, you know, be a change of state of life or, you know, kind of have their first child or whatever it might be, different you know, before retirement, maybe something's going on, struggling in the marriage, whatever it might be, there might be times where it's needed and then not needed at other times, but and, and so I think yes, there are in fact uh, um, formation opportunities out there that people have taken advantage of to help form. Back here in the Archdiocese of Washington, we we've done two or three times something called a spiritual accompaniment course, where we've had lay people come in and you know try to just sort of teach them some of the foundations of spiritual direction. That's been very helpful. It's hard to make it so regimented, I think, because spiritual direction is such a kind of a personal thing. It's it's um, you know it's spiritual mentoring um it's 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 hard to do like okay we're going to have these eight people and then each of those are going to take eight and each of those are going to take eight i mean again sometimes that does work um but it's you know what if the personalities don't work out um is there enough oversight so once you get to the third or fourth level down you know is there enough oversight are they in fact conveying the teaching of the of the church the tradition of the church or has it become much more idiosyncratic so i mean there are some difficulties involved in it but i think based upon certain considerations of size and kind of character of parish um, or spiritual group, I think that is a really uh, important kind of piece of the puzzle, and I, I think it would be a wonderful thing. I'd love to be able to do something like that in a parish one day uh, myself. So, great idea. Robert, thank you for, uh, for sending it on, and, I, and, and it's uh, there, are, there are in fact others who are, who are thinking along the same lines and making some headway.
0: Robert, thanks again for your call, and if you're listening and you'd like to call in, the number is 888-914-9149. Speaking with Father Carter Griffin today, a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., about those spiritual mentors in our lives. Maybe you've had that person who has been that for you. Maybe you've been that for somebody else. How has the Holy Spirit worked in that relationship? And what have the fruits of that been? Maybe uh, you haven't had that spiritual mentor. Maybe you feel like that's lacking. And you'd like that, but you're not exactly sure where to start, where to turn. And you'd like some advice from Father Griffin. You can call in, again, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And I also want to tell you about a very special thing we're doing this year here at Relevant Radio. Uh, We are celebrating Mary during this year. Um, If you go to our website, RelevantRadio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app, you'll see a banner there. It says, Miracles, Mysteries, and Mary. And we're going to be exploring Mary's intercession in human history and as well in our everyday lives. And so it's a wonderful way for you to just grow in your faith, grow in your knowledge and your devotion uh, through these different lessons that we're going to be providing about Mary. Uh, And we're going to send emails throughout the course of this year, and you can sign up absolutely free. There's nothing that you have to do other than just give us your name, give us your email address, and we'll send you these periodic emails throughout the course of the year. Again, just click on that banner at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. You'll see it either place, Miracles, Mysteries, and Mary and I hope that you register and uh, learn a little bit more about Our Lady and grow closer to her, and of course, you'll grow closer to Christ because she always leads us to her son. We'll be right back with more of your phone calls and more here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash This is The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us for this hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Carter Griffin, rector of the St. John Paul II Seminary, a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., talking about those spiritual mentors that we have in our lives. And, uh, Father... Right before the break, we were talking with Robert, and he had made the suggestion of you know uh, being able to train these different individuals that can go ahead and help out. Uh, they receive spiritual direction from the priest at their parish or you know wherever that community is, and then they can help provide that spiritual direction, that be that spiritual mentor for other people there in that region, in that community. Um, it made me think of religious communities. I mean, that's a lot of what happens there in religious communities. They can be dedicated especially to giving retreats, giving spiritual direction to people in whatever uh, area that they live in. Uh, one other area that uh, might be good to talk about is every parish has those older couples those retired people who you see every day at daily Mass, they're always involved, they're helping to volunteer with so many different things, you know. uh, Might be volunteering behind the scenes with some of the different decorations and, and, you know, just making the parish more beautiful. It might be with lecturing, might be with, uh, you know, helping in a, a broad variety of capacities there. But those people who have so much time to devote their... At the parish and are volunteering now that they're at that stage of their life. Those are also people who have so much wisdom and just life experience to offer as well.
2: I think that's um, I think that's right. You know, I mean, we live in an age where so often people are. I mean, we're marriage and 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 just parenting and. Humanity, I mean, where there's so much confusion out there that young people are coming along. It's always been the case. You get married, and, like, there's no textbook for this. And talk about two dist- two unique personalities coming together and trying to grow up together, basically. And uh, then you have your first child, and there's no textbook for that either. You know, no matter how many books you could buy from Amazon to tell you how to raise a child, it's still you have to do it, you know? And... And, uh, and somehow I think you know we've lost kind of that network, that fabric of relationships in the village, or what? Or what yeah, have, it you takes
0: know. a village, that right. would, Yeah, that <laughs> would that would help
2: people raise, you know. And so yeah, exactly. And you know, to have, I mean, there but there, there are people out there who have done it. You know, they've gone through it. They've they've raised a great family, and they've you know, they have this this wonderful marriage that has endured so much. And what a what a, a tremendous resource uh, of wisdom, uh, you know, kind of resources that are there and and kind of going untapped. And so I think for young couples who themselves, I find with a lot of humility, are very open to being formed and like, yeah, we don't we don't have all the answers here and so we could really use some help. Um, oftentimes, there's a great combination that happens when the young people are looking for help and then the older couples are able to provide it, as you said, with the time and the availability to do so. Um, it can every, it can really be a, a beautiful blessing for both sides, and that's a very powerful form of spiritual
0: mentorship today, I think. Yeah, and it's really easy, too, because we've done that in our life. All you have to do is mm-hmm. just ask that old older couple, hey, you want to come over and have pizza this Friday? <laughs> yeah. And that starts the relationship. It's that simple. Uh, yeah. Father, let's go back to the phones. Nicole is listening to us in Malone, New York. Hi, Nicole. You're on the air with Father Griffin.
1: Hi, Father Griffin. It is a honor to speak with uh, you and to speak of my um, spiritual mentor um, by the name of Father Ed Thompson, who uh, has a video on YouTube that was produced by Brandon Volt. Father Ed passed away in 2016. He is a friend of Bishop Fulton Sheen, a former alcoholic, and a priest of mercy. Uh, I met Father Ed back in 20, um, I think it was, it was sorry 1998 at St. Mary Magdalene Parish in Maitland, Florida he uh provided premarital counseling um, He flew to New York to marry my husband and I. Uh, he baptized us he buried a daughter eighteen months after the birth of our first child. He gave the best sermons um, just a three point homilist um, as we used to call him, and uh, even at the sermon of um, our burial, I had someone come up to me and said say i 'm a better Catholic because I came to this um, to this funeral, and he just had an incredible passion and love for jesus and um, earlier a couple the last couple of weeks, you were speaking of those who suffered from alcoholism, and I would encourage anyone, no matter you know what your vice or how you 're feeling in your spiritual life, if you spend twenty two minutes on this um, this video, you will find grace, you will find strength in being able to um, pick yourself up and move on to past the, the struggle. And even though, you know, Father Ed is no longer with us, I'm so glad that uh, Brandon produced this. So I can refer back to it and, and remember those, those wonderful times that we had with him and how he answered God's call and, uh, and kept pursuing, uh, to become a priest and to become a priest again, and he did his best work in the last 20 years of his priesthood. So,
2: no, that's great, Nicole. you know, and I, it's a it's a great reminder too that you know when we're talking about the spiritual mentorship of different people in our lives, it's a very real thing, it's a very palpable thing. Um, but of course, we also don't want to lose sight of the fact that in a way, the sort of the ordinary minister of spiritual direction is often a priest, you know, and that priests, if there's you know people out there who are just praying for priests and just know those prayers are always. Um, always so powerful. Um, maybe young people listening or you know, maybe you know young people who are considering it. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredibly graced life. Uh, it's a beautiful life. And to be able to make a difference in people's lives like Father Ed did in yours and in so many other people's, um, I mean, it's, it's an enormous privilege and and a joy uh, and, and humbling, you know, to know that the Lord wants to use you in that way. Um, so it's a great testimony to him and to the priesthood in general, I think, Nicole, that, you're able to talk about it that way. And one other thing I just want to say real quick is that, you know, he's gone to the Lord, and uh, obviously we pray for him. Um, but we also know that that we also pray that many people are already enjoying uh, the life of heaven and are praying for us, which is another kind of spiritual mentoring. You know, that, that we also have in our lives our own guardian angel, our patron saint, and maybe other people, the holy people that we've known, as well as the confirmed, the canonized saints of the church. And to, to be confident in their intercession, that great cloud of witnesses that Hebrew speaks about, uh, surrounding us constantly and knowing that we can be helped um, along uh, on this journey of ours by them, which, you know, is a, is a great consolation. Uh, even if, we're, if there's no one around us and we feel very alone and very lonely, we're never alone. Uh, and the Lord and Our Lady and uh, the saints are always there kind of helping us and cheering us on. Beautiful testimony, Nicole. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. I'm so sorry. We're uh, just down to about a minute left here. Not going to have time to get you on the air. Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to talk with you again if you can call back in the future when we're talking about this topic again. Uh, But I want to go back just briefly to what you said there, Father, because you know, this being we talked about the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. We can have that same mentor of the Apostle Paul that Timothy and Titus had. We have so many writings of Paul that are available to us just in scripture. And we can ask for his prayers uh there before the throne of God as well. So we have that same access. And of course, like you said earlier, this all goes back to the ultimate spiritual director, the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so we have a, and uh going to the the Saint Paul, we have his his writings we also have the witness of his life, and I think that that's what, in a sense, the, that's how the saints often will give us spiritual direction most powerfully. The, the canonized saints, as well as the saints that we know in our lives, is by living this fully integrated and unified life, a life that is directed towards the Lord and is not so fragmented as so many of us live these lives that are increasingly alienated, to see, to see them and to see that we, too, can live this life unified by the Holy Spirit, you know, sewn together in grace, Uh, and oriented towards the Lord. It's a beautiful and powerful fruit of spiritual mentoring.
0: Father Carter Griffin, uh, about 15 seconds left here for a blessing for our listeners.
2: Be happy to. May the blessing of Almighty God descend upon you and all listening now, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. Great to talk with you, as always. And thank you for listening, of course, As I say, every point at the end of the show, the podcast, it'll be available here shortly at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. While you're there, make sure you sign up for Miracles, Mysteries, and Mary. Absolutely free. You can register. Just give us your name, your email address. We'll send you periodic emails throughout the course of this year about our Blessed Mother. And stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.